direct conversation, some deep reactions, please. All this comics narrationating me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little fight, baby, is what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again, everyone, to Rec Conversations. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri. And you know, in the 90s, we all learned a very important lesson, and that's that you can't fight the seether, and neither can you fight my co-host, the wonderful Professor Alea Cameron. Welcome to the show. You cannot fight me. I will win. Fight <laughs> And as on every episode, we do have a guest today. This is a uh, our first two-time, is it our first two-time Rec Conversations? Uh, uh, Mike. Mike no, Hollywood Mike, was right. Actually of course, first. how could I forget Hollywood? But uh, <laughs> Jason Taylor, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, auditing today's show, as she does whenever she feels the need to grace us with her presence, is the Baronessa, Jennifer Howland. Hello, Jennifer. Passive-aggressive. That was not passive-aggressive. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, Jason, you have asked us today to explain Transmetropolitan to you. So oh, yeah. um, you have not read this. I have not. Okay. Um, I'm going to give a little background. Uh, and that is, to my knowledge, there are two comic books that anyone that really read comics out of the 90s uh, will have uh, the largest heart on in the world for. Uh, one is, of course, Sandman by Neil Gaiman, which we are going to see uh, the adaptation for on Netflix soon. Um, yeah. The other one is Transmetropolitan. I have yet to meet somebody that has ever picked up this comic that is like, no, I don't like it. Um, yes, same. Same. And that may be because of my political leanings. <laughs> uh, also same. <laughs> this is a, an extremely political book. Um, it is written by Warren Ellis, who, um, despite having some problematic things that have happened the last few years and accusations of grooming and things, um, he is one of those writers that what you see is what you get. Like, honestly, the, the accusations of grooming and things, I wasn't surprised because he's like, he's a dude that like, will come on. We've talked about it before on Graphically Novel. He'll come on the internet and be like, hello, sinners send me nude pictures like it's just right, like right it is very obvious what this dude is about it's in his writing it's in his personality so i don't know yeah it, it opens up a whole kind of can of worms of if you if you have that you're a bastard right on your sleeve can people really cancel you for being a bastard yeah, that's uh, kind of how I feel. Like, this guy has made no bones about exactly, like you said, exactly the, the, the who he is as a person. And, like, if you didn't understand that, I don't know what to tell you. I can't help you, and God can't either. Like, right, right. Um, but the other thing I'm going to talk about uh, before we start is Derek Robertson. Derek Robertson is the artist in this. Um, I'm going to go through and do my best to explain this story, but you have to understand that three quarters of Transmetropolitan is written in the background in picture. Yeah. Um, there are constantly things happening in the background of this comic book, um, mostly because you are immersed in, um, well, Jason, you are familiar, I know, with Dread. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Megacity. Um, All right. Basically, he, he, Spider. The, the main action of this story happens in a megacity. So you have 
people of all cultures, all that they've created, all religions, all everything else. So you really get a sense of what's going on in the world through what you see in the background as spiders walking down the street. I am not going to explain every single bit of that because it would take 12 hours plus just for the first graphic novel. Um, but if you are interested in this, I, I really would say um, only 25% of it is in the writing. Um, this is kind of a hard one to, to do for this show, um, but I'm going to do my best. Um, the other part is that I have no notes. I usually write extensive notes for what I'm going to go through. I have read this book. It is in the hundreds of times. The first graphic <laughs> novel of Transmetropolitan. I read it every year. Uh, it's been rough during the Trump administration to read this book. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I persevered. Um, yeah. Like for a series that was written in 1997, it started in 1997. It is not only stood the test of time, but also remained relevant for over 20 years. Yeah. That is a feat. That is a coup. All right. So uh, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, because you saw, oh my God, somebody's actually doing a podcast about Transmetropolitan. They clicked it. <laughs> uh, don't worry. <laughs> there will be more swearing. Uh, <laughs> but the other part is that uh, this is how the show works. Um, Jason has never read uh, Transmetropolitan and uh, we are going to explain it to him step-by-step uh, step as we go through the graphic novel. Um, I am the professor today that will be uh, having the lesson, but at any point, Jason can pull the emergency brake on our show, stop it dead, and ask any question he chooses at any time. At that point, it is Leia's uh, responsibility, Professor L over here, uh, to answer that question or if she can't, uh, she can bounce it to me. If neither of us have an answer, uh, when the Baronessa is here, uh, we give her the option to just make up something. Uh, make up shit. Yes, make up shit, because we don't know. Uh, so Can we uh, use the D? You you can use the D, except there's no media aspect of this. So ah. the D, the IMDB is not going to help you. Uh, ah. Although uh, you you are going to get quite a bit of spiders D, so let's get into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we start. Uh, the first panel is like a cabin in the woods, uh, like a like a modern s cabin, like uh, windows around and everything. A truck in the in the driveway, and the uh, introduction is up a goddamn mountain. So that ignorant, thick-lipped, evil, whore-hopping editor phones me up and he says, does the word contract mean anything to you, Jerusalem? So that's our first panel. <laughs> so um, is this is this uh, told like first person from spider point of view? Uh, yeah, every, for the okay. most part. For okay. the most part. I mean, it's, it's typical comic book fashion, but yes, all of the uh, narration in like, you know, instead of word balloons, it's like the square balloons. All of that is, is Spider. Um, yeah. And he will talk to you. Um, oh, he breaks the fourth wall? Um, not so much. Not like a Deadpool, like he's talking to you. It's more like he was writing an article. Because oh. Spider, as we'll find out, is a journalist. Uh, and he is Hunter S. Thompson in the future. Yeah, I was just <laughs> about to say. Yeah. Um, so we meet Spider, who has uh, hair all over him. He's a very hairy man. It looks like <laughs> he has not uh, shaved or cut his hair or anything in like five years. 
Um, Isn't he bald? Not yet. Ah, <laughs> jump of the gun. Okay. Ah. So um, he, uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff that, I, again, I'm not going to read this word for word, um, but to give you an idea, his narration talks about how he was having a paranoid day because the mad priest lady from over the river had started nailing weasels to his front door again. Um, Perfectly normal. Yes, this is the kind of world we live in. Um, so he starts to have an argument with his with this editor about how he doesn't know him a goddamn thing, and he's not, you know, he's he's not living or he's up in the mountains. So come and fucking find me. And uh, the editor basically says, "We gave you uh, an advance five years ago for three books. You still owe us two books, and uh, we will basically sue you into oblivion." Um, and take the money back. He's like, well, I do not have that money. That money is very, very gone. So the editor then points out that Spider is incapable of doing his writing unless he is in the city. He has to be immersed in the culture that he's writing on. He's like, so I guess we'll see you soon and hangs up on him. Um, this is also when we find out that Spider is completely naked and not wearing any clothes. <laughs> and he walks out of his, uh, you know, his mountain house and looks down uh into gorgeous landscape but basically says i needed to go back to the city uh so he packs up his car um he shuts off the minefields and the intelligent guns that are uh, around his his property um we find out he's been completely alone for five years he left five years ago he took the money from the book deal and bought this cabin and basically set himself up that he was almost like a survivalist he he uh, it's, there is something about the city that we don't know yet, but he absolutely hates. Um, so as he's driving down, he stops um, in front of a bar, and it is um, the only human contact that he's had in five years. Uh, and he talks about how, you know, it's five years worth of pulling a gun so I could change the TV channel, punching the barman in the neck for a clean glass. And he's like, what a great bar. And he pulls out a rocket launcher. And blows it up. <laughs> so is he an anti-hero or? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Or is About he just his... a straight villain? Or is there really no classification? There's really I'm... no classification now. Uh, there yeah. will be later. Once we find out what kind of a person he is when he's in the city. Because there are two very different spiders. There's the spider that wants to live his life the way that, that he enjoys it. And then there's the spider that he has the journalist inside of him and he calls himself actually we'll find out an avatar for the truth and the truth is always capitalized with a t uh so yeah it it it, it we'll get into it it, it, it spider's complicated um, and what years is set in i mean is there a future it, yeah it's it, yeah like near ish future but there's i don't think there's really a date given mm -mm. although um like the day after tomorrow type of future right no it's it's way in the future um yeah i mean the best way to think of it is kind of think dread um okay. except uh an apocalypse hasn't really happened it was a slow apocalypse it was everyone moved to the city like okay people out in the country are very very rare and the city is enormous um so he turns on his uh his recording equipment in the car and he starts taking notes he he dictates um and he starts talking about what's he going to do is he going to do an essay is he going to do a memoir and he and he decides that no matter what 
he's going to call it notes from the asshole of the world. <laughs> uh, but he starts to dictate in a very Hunter S. Thompson way about how as he drives closer to the city, the air itself starts to reek of perfume and deodorant, like everything starts to be sanitized um, in, a, in a way that is different from the mountain because the mountain is just clean air. <laughs> um, and then he said uh, the reason that he left is he did a book on the last election. Um, and it was called Shot in the Face. And it made him a star. Um, and he started writing reportage books. Um, that's when he got the five book contract. That's why he still owes two more, uh, two more books. His professional apparatus starts booting up in the car. And it is just basically media. So imagine like the, uh, oh, what was the name of the guy in uh, Serenity? Mr. Universe. Imagine Mr. Universe and Serenity, just TV screens everywhere and, he, and all the media just bombarding him. That's how Spider learns what's happening in the world. So he goes up and he goes to a, a toll booth. Uh, and uh, this, this will not be important for this book. It'll be important later in the, in the series. But uh, he comes in, the first person in the city that he deals with is a uh, toll booth operator who um, basically is like, do you have a pass? He's like, no. And Spider's like, why is it so quiet on the road? you like, it's usually packed. And the guy's like, uh, everybody's in the city. Didn't they teach you that in hillbilly school? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, Spider hands, hands him a $5 bill with a dead mouse and a note on the bill that says, buy more bullets. And he says, here you go. I'll be back for you, shit eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he drives into the city. And this is where we start seeing the city. And it is advertising absolutely everywhere. Like, even more than now. Um, because now they have also have holograms. So there's holograms just floating through the city with advertisements. Um, and Spider starts talking about how he's going to need a job. Because he needs... Uh, journalism insurance more than anything else uh but also he needs a job that will give him an apartment it will you know allow him to live in the city um and he talks about how he hasn't worked without insurance since the time the red catholics dropped the auto cannibalism meme on carl square and he still can't eat pork because of that um well well what what's that mean i mean so you just a lot of this stuff they don't explain it, but you just got to break it down. So apparently, there's a faction called the Red Catholics. All right, dropped a meme, so something that uh, affected people's brains called uh, that caused them to cannibalize one. To another. cannibalize, okay. This, this is, is yeah. This yeah. Go ahead. This, no, I was gonna say um, that that part in particular, I that like actually tickled me because it was really before meme was a thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, with with today's context, it's actually pretty funny. It just means that the faction called the Red Catholics, I guess, dropped a funny picture on the Internet that fucked people up real bad. Right. <laughs> and he only okay. on one street, though. Yes. <laughs> so at this point, he, he moves his car to the print district, which is the area of town where all of the like, you know, all of your uh, uh, newspapers and things like that are, except for 1997, this is really ahead of its time because nothing is really printed. Um, 
they have what are called news feeds, which we would, you know, imagine like the old, kind of like the old BBSs back in the day, like, you know, um, early internet. Um, but Ellis saw the potential for where the internet would go. And this is actually pretty accurate um, to where we are now. Like a lot of people, they won't subscribe to a news feed unless it has video and pictures to go along with it. Like there's a couple people that talk about how, yeah, there's this basically free news feed that, you know, we can get, but it's just words and <laughs> things like that. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, so he abandons his car in the middle of the city uh, <laughs> because the car isn't going anywhere. So he just starts like walking over cars um, and talks about how being in the city, it's starting to affect him again, like the noise, the smells, everything else. And he says it's kind of like coming out of sensory deprivation uh, with mice up your ass. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and there are certain examples of like kind of talks about how he passes a group of uh, Tuvan throat singers who are just hanging out on the street. Uh, people listening to feed sites, um, which are kind of like podcasts. Uh Dissenting lovers on the run from a Chinese culture reservation. Uh, <laughs> uh, cops move the whores along. Uh, a squad of Russian security werewolves realize they're not getting any this afternoon after all. And like, there is so much culture and different things that are mentioned once and never again in this mm -hmm. that uh, it really gives you an idea for the city and and basically like urban society and where we're going you know there's a religion for every person there's everyone but everyone is kind of allowed to fly their freak flag and, and be who they are uh so he goes to a news uh news feed uh building for uh it's called the word and he says he's here to see royce and that he's an old friend and the guy at the Reception desk is like, I don't think so. Don't the door hit you on the beard on the way out. To which uh, Spider thoroughly beats this man. Uh, <laughs> lights a cigarette, drops smoke bombs, and starts running towards the editorial office looking for Royce. Uh, he is also under the impression that they have kidnapped Royce and they are forcing him to stay here. And, uh, and, and that he is going to rescue him. To which his friend Royce says, I'm the paper's city editor now. Uh, <laughs> this is my office. This is not a prison. Uh, so we don't know who Royce is up until this point. I mean, this is issue one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Spider's like, excellent. You're the editor, so you can give me a job. Uh, Royce pretty much immediately sees dollar signs because Spider was hugely popular five years ago. Um, you know, imagine... Uh, well, we don't really have a, a version of it. Uh, imagine an Anderson Cooper that was insane coming back after five years. People would be like, yeah, I'll give you whatever money you want. Um, so he and Royce start like debating back and forth and, and negotiating, basically. Um, and Spider wants an apartment. He wants basically a credit card. Uh, he wants uh, a maker, which is kind of like... Uh, the, it's like a 3D printer, really. Yeah, yeah. Except more like the, the ones in Star Trek. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he wants uh, insurance. Um, they basically 
come to an agreement and Spider goes to his new apartment. Um, he can tell that it's, uh, that it's a poor neighborhood because poor areas always have litter uh, or, or uh, they have no litter because the makers run off of deconstructing things in order to realign the molecules for whatever you want. So poor neighborhoods are now cleaner than rich neighborhoods because rich people can afford the material to put into their maker. Well, that yeah. kind of makes sense, I guess. Things make sense in a weird way in this book. Yeah. Uh, so he walks up and there's a there's a person sitting on uh, the stoop um, that has an IV hooked up to kind of a, a like a brace. Uh, and then the IV doesn't go like into their arm. It goes into the headphones that they're wearing on their ear. It doesn't really explain what it is. It's just one of those futuristic, what the fuck is happening here? We're not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it looks like the headphones are on an IV drip. It's yes, weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Spider goes, hey, kid, you want to earn some money? And uh, the kid's like, convince me. I earn more money than you're worth just sitting here. And Spider basically is like, I need you to run to the drugstore. I need you to get things for me. And I do not want whatever drugs you're selling because they will burn my brain. I am a, I'm going to work. I am a working man. So I want vasopressin, washed caffeine, jumpstart, ginkgo bilboa, guarana, and any intelligence enhancer introduced in the last five years. To which the kid says, what are you, some kind of health freak? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's like, no, I am a journalist. So he goes into his apartment and it is, of course, a hobble. Uh and he's like, I would have called Royce and exchanged words over it, but the phone was out. Uh, so he goes into the shower and uh, the shower's like, voice key, physical cleaning unit. And he's like, great, clean me right now. This is where we get the spider that you know, because the shower burns all of the hair off of him instantaneously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he then goes over to his maker which is the, the, the unit. And the maker talks to him and says, it is a Gotti 101 maker. It will recombine matter into any of 25,000 different forms. Uh, and so uh, Spider's like, it's a mafia-made maker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in fact, the little face that the maker like creates in order to talk to him looks like uh, 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 Vito from, from The Godfather. <laughs> Uh, he says, scan me for tailoring. I want a black linen suit, urban weight, generous cut. And the maker creates it. Uh, and then he says, I want a pair of live shades for still photography, two gig on board, key to my optic nerves. And then the maker makes what people know as spider's glasses, which for people that have not seen it, are the right eye is a rectangle and green and the left eye is a circle and red, like red glass and green glass, like 3D glasses. And he's like, mm -hmm. what are these? Some kind of fucking joke? And the maker's like, what's your problem? <laughs> and so Spider's like, wait a minute. Let me have a look behind you. And the maker's like, no, don't go back there. And so he looks at it. And in the maker is plugged something called Tripwire 2.0, which is a hallucinogen simulator for live machinery, which means... So his machine's tripping balls? Yes, yes. His maker is on drugs. <laughs> Even the appliances in this world are on drugs. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is this is very much the equivalent of a crap sack world. Everything in this world sucks. Yes. Everything in this world not only sucks, but is also completely legal. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he decides that he want uh, Spider decides that he wants to catch up on what's going on. So he tells his television to uh, randomly change the channel every twenty seconds, while he tells a uh, the the uh, another screen to basically switch random feeds every twenty five seconds. So he's inundating himself with media, um, catching up. Yes. So some of the stories are um, that a new uh, census has found that. A new church is uh, is is being created every six hours in the city, uh, like a completely new religion. Uh, there's a show uh, called Lonely City that's kind of like a, a reporting show, and tonight's special is on the revivals, um, which are people that put themselves in cryogenic sleep and then were woken up and basically kicked out the door to be homeless. Um, so the first glance out of a window basically broke their minds so they were just then given whatever they had in storage and kicked out onto the street <laughs> um there's another society called the downloaded which um basically the atom-sized machinery um that they have in the maker uh people just upload their consciousness in the clouds of those so they can just wander around the city and create whatever they want and make themselves look like whatever they want um so they explained why the glasses are the way they are or it's just because he was this computer's tripping balls Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because the maker was tripping balls oh but i need to be better at letting leia answer these (laughs) they don't but they don't serve any other special purpose other than the main red and green uh well they they are basically like uh uh google glasses for for or what is not google glasses but google glass right um essentially um they allow them to take pictures and video and whatnot they just look weird and not uniform yeah and they are keyed to spiders optic nerves so whatever spider sees the glasses will keep in their cache and he can Uh, okay decide to at the moment to go ahead and take a picture or he can go back later and look at the day's events okay um there is something called transient rights, and there's a demonstration um, that uh, at one point they talk about how the movement leader's name is Fred Christ, uh, and he's about to have an interview, and Spider yells, TV hold channel. And we see a man whose face is half human and looks half like what stereotypically we would think of as an alien, like the... the like gray alien. alien. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's talking about how transience is all about the right to change your species. And with a change in species comes a change in perspective. And Civic Center couldn't care less about us. And Spider's like staring at the screen being like, Fred, what did you do to yourself? So um, so he knows him. Yeah. Now, is this transience? Is this uh, in any relation to the name of the series? I mean, do they tie into each other? No. Okay. No. It, yeah. It's, it's not... It, We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Fred basically explains that after the police's action, because they they basically broke up a demonstration that the transients were having, um, he explains that as everybody knows, the template that people are using to become transients um, were recovered from alien uh, DNA on a colony in uh, uh, Vilnius, some some other planet. And uh, the colony was granted sovereign rights by the world court. 
And so since these are people who are transitioning to be those, they are using those rights to basically establish their own block, their own neighborhood. Um, and they're seceding from the city and the world and becoming a district of the villainous colony. Um, and that they're erecting barricades and everything else. Uh, Spider looking at it goes, Fred, you weird little bastard. You're my first column. And so then we get Spider starting to hit the street and talks about how he can hear, like, again, a lot of things that are mentioned, but to give you uh, an idea of how different this world is. So there's Komodo drumming coming from the Japanese island a few blocks south and the sound of a village gathering its people home for the night. Uh, there's, yeah, he walks through a nightclub and he basically walks to this district, which is called Angels 8. Um, there's the sound of gunfire, the sound of a couple having sex, like he's all hopped up on caffeine and he talks about how he can feel the crackle of intelligence enhancers in his head. So he is drugged up. He's ready to be a journalist. Um, so he starts to walk into Angels 8. And there's a barricade there, and there's a transient person standing there drinking. Uh, and Spider Spider has a tendency of the first time he talks to you, he's very polite. And then he's not. Like, he goes, like, he gives you one chance. So he walks up to this guy, he goes, hey, I'm looking for Fred Christ. Tell him Spider Jerusalem wants to talk to him. And the guy goes, piss off. <laughs> so, uh, so Spider takes his cigarette and uh, sticks it in the dude's alien eye. <laughs> and while the guy is clutching his eye in pain, he starts climbing over the barricade, but he's talking to the guy and he says, listen up, dickweed, you're playing with serious people. I am a mild-mannered reporter, and see, I have beaten your weak barricade. The filth will be here soon, in riot gear, and your croaky little piss-off will not be scary to them. Who's the filth? Uh, the police. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he said, remember, I'm being kind. If I'd been a cop, you'd be trying to pull a bullet out of your eye right now. Yep. So in no way, shape, or form does this uh, relate to common, uh, to current day. Yeah, just not at all. In no way. Yeah. The uh, uh, So the toll booth driver, who he was not really rude to, other than giving a dead rat, has something special <laughs> coming to him. I take it. Not in this issue, but yep. Okay. <laughs> um, so he starts walking through Angels 8 and there everyone who is a normal human has, has cleared out. It is only transients and everyone here, he describes it as they're all waiting to be killed. Like everyone is nervous. Um, and he finds a woman who has who has a baby and he walks up to her and says, No, no, I'm not gonna come close. Don't worry, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm a journalist. I'm looking for Fred Christ. And um, she doesn't say anything. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to say, if I don't find Fred before the riot starts, um, you're going to be, you and your kid are just going to be laying in your, your own blood by tomorrow. So I'm trying to help you. And the lady says, there's a bar in the corner. Uh, Fred uses it as his office. And when you find him, tell him that this is his baby too. <laughs> um to which Spider starts walking away and he says, for fuck's sake, Fred, I swear you'd stick it in mud if you thought it'd wriggle. <laughs> uh, so then there are two uh, two transient guards in front of the bar. Spider, of course, approaches them and says, excuse me, I'm here to see Fred. And the guy basically puts his hand on Spider's shoulder and without a word turns him around like, get out. 
Uh, Spider says, I see. You're an authority, are you? Too good to talk to anyone. You're all in charge, huh? Well, if that's the way it is. And he turns around and just beats the crap out of both the guards. Uh, punches one in the face and kicks the other right in the crotch. Um, and yells, you think professional people are afraid of guns, do you? You people make me sick. I ought to spay the lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he walks in, or he, he kicks open the door to the bar and just starts indiscriminately firing a gun around the bar yelling, Fred Christ, right now. <laughs> he doesn't hit anybody, which is important, but... yes. <laughs> Fred comes out uh, basically with sheets around his waist and says, uh, I've told you people not to interrupt me. It's vital to the cause that I get uninterrupted sex at least every six hours. (laughs) Uh, Very vital. Yeah. Uh, Spider's like, well, well, hello. Uh, Make your things on the floor stay, Fred. I'm tired and emotional. And I really do feel like shooting something. And Fred is like, whoa, whoa, everybody stand down. He's a very famous writer. And uh, basically, Spider's like, time for an interview. And Fred's like, sure. Uh, You've always given me good write-ups before. Um, So they go into a back room. Uh, Fred kicks out the woman that he has in there that he's been having sex with. Um, So they start talking about, like, going back to the beginning of the, the transience movement, because Spider's been out of the city for five years, and uh, transience was not a thing when he left. Um, what What is Spider's thing? I mean, that's, I mean, he's, is he just a, a like, a, a journalist? A, um, I mean, is he a, you say he's an, he's a, um, what are they called? An anti-hero, but I, I'm not picking up what his ulterior motive is. Is it just to make money or drugs or. So basically like you, you kind of have to think of him as being a, a like postmodern kind of like Hunter S Thompson sort of character. Like he is a journalist. He is there to speak truth to power and to, uh, you know, find out the facts and this, that, and the other thing. Um, He doesn't really care about money outside of, having his basic needs met like he's not out to get rich um he's not out to uh you know have you know women wine and song all that um he he generally he genuinely is like an old school journalist but that doesn't jibe with the culture that he is living in in the especially in the city i can tell you but that by the end of the angels eight saga that we're going through right now, which is about half the book. You will understand what spiders thing is. Okay. Yeah. Is this once, once you get his first column and I will read his, his columns word for word, because they are important to understand who spider is. Um, his narration just paints him as a, an unfeeling, uncaring bastard, but when you read his columns, there is a little bit of self-editing that happens in there that really explains his motivations and why he's doing what he does. I guess that's that's where I'm at right now is I, I don't really care about any of these characters. Um, so, okay, if that, if that kind of like brings it all together. It I'll, will uh, develop, yes. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so he says, okay, so... The, the alien colony on Vilnius has been there 10 years. Um, th- there are still aliens there. They still exist. But the aliens don't have much to trade. Basically, within two years, everyone, the, the world culture, the, 
the fashions, the everything else, used up all of their the aliens' innovation like it was a trend for the first two years, and then it was passe. So the aliens had nothing else to offer. Um, and, you know, the concepts of money and commerce and all these things were introduced to them, and then they were poor as hell because they had nothing to trade. Um, so they started, uh, once body modification got popular again, uh, they started selling, the aliens started selling their DNA uh, to offer people. Um, body modification before that had been kind of a blip in uh, like a passe thing. Like you could have reptile skin for a couple of weeks, spend a month with feathers. You know, right. it was temporary stuff that that they were doing with, um, with genetics. Um, the next step, uh, you know, obviously would be to permanently change your species. But nobody really wants to become a Komodo dragon. To which Spider says, well, I might. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, and so um, once the genome was for sale, uh, people were interested in, in transitioning to become another species. So they started doing the transient uh, thing where they're between bodies right now. The process isn't instantaneous. It takes a while when you're changing the entirety of your body's genetic structure. Um which is why all these people are halfway through. Nobody has completely transitioned yet um, when they started doing it. Um, Spider is actually asking like very tough questions. Um, you know, one of his things is, okay, so nobody's fully uh, completed transients. So you're all failures so far. <laughs> <laughs> to which, okay. you know, Fred's like, fuck you. And he's like, no, 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 you have to, you have to understand in order to convince me you know, that you're, that you should be allowed to secede from your, you know, a neighborhood from your society, you know, why would they bend over backward? Why would the, the government bend over backwards for a bunch of pathetic fashion victims? Basically, he's asking the right questions in very poignant and, you know, it's not quite baiting. It's just how Spider asks questions, but they are the questions that need to be asked. Um, and Fred basically says, well, we can't get jobs. Nobody will hire us. Um, you know, Angel's Aid is where we live because life is cheap, but not as cheap as the rent. It's the biggest poverty area in the, in the city. It's where the government wants us. Um, this is also where Spider points out that Fred grew up rich. Um, so now, you know, basically he's turned himself into an alien love messiah. Um, and he's like, I, I would have fallen for it and I would have, I would have supported you had I not tripped over assholes shit full of fake authority all the way here uh, that you've propped up. And he says, and if I hadn't seen scared people in the streets, all these people that you have puffed up with the power of the people, if I hadn't seen some poor bitch settled with your kid, terrified out of her mind and sick with resentment. And this is when Fred really gets pissed off and starts yelling at him that he fucked off out of the city for five years. And he's like, what's this? Moses coming down from the mountain? And then Fred <laughs> starts saying, this is what's mine. You know, this is my society. It needs food and it needs money and it needs space to grow. And instead, it gets human shit to eat and little fucking white slips instead of cash. It gets forced to live here. So screw them. I'm going to take what they've given me and we're going to secede in order to build our own society. Uh, and while he says that, Spider in his mind goes, you Phony fucker, Fred, you've rehearsed that. So Spider has him dead to rights that that all of this, all, 
basically this guy has convinced an entire society of people to risk their lives for something that probably won't succeed. Uh, Fred says that they've trashed uh, some of the public utilities, the ones they don't need. They cut water and gas two hours ago and they started working their, their own, uh, their own generators. Um, the only thing that they're still taking is, is power because uh, if they kill the power flow to the, to angels eight, it'd take out the four neighborhood districts next to it. Uh, and so they're, they're not uh, they're The city won't make that move because that pisses off humans like regular people that are. Yeah. It's also, it, it's also implied that those, that those are uh, wealthier neighborhoods as well. So, yeah. Uh, so, and he asks what, because uh, there's a bunch of makers that they have too. And he asks, well, what are the makers for? And Fred says about half of the people can't uh, digest human food anymore. Uh, so they have codes for the alien diet. So they're going to be dependent on those makers until they can figure out how to, uh, you know, how to make that food for themselves. Um, so Spider basically lays it all on the line and says, Okay, you've laid everything out. I've looked at it. They're going to come and get you. It's an election year for a law and order president. Um, they're going to come and they're going to stamp stamp you. They're going to stamp your bones. Uh, and Fred says they wouldn't dare. They don't have a good enough excuse. To which Spider says, and what if they make one? Fucking um, mood. Yeah. Um, he says, change, change your attitude. Back down from this. If they want you to get slapped down, you're going to get slapped. Um, and that's where the interview's over. Uh, you know, basically Fred kicks him out and he starts walking down the street. Uh, one of the other things, by the way, there is a lot, a lot of sexual content in this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, walking down the street, they're just like boobs, like advertisements have boobs. Kids TV shows has boobs. There is a, <laughs> there's a show that we will discuss later called the sex puppets. That is a child's <laughs> show. It's exactly so, what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what's on the tin um so spider starts walking out of angels eight and starts to walk past the barricade where he sees uh a group of people that he immediately identifies as lawyers um because he says you could always recognize lawyers by the bad pockets lawyers also always carry drugs and it ruins the lining of their pants um but he said uh but he says that's not a great sign uh, because no matter how big the idea of a revolution is, it's people that kill every revolution, um, even if the ideas are sound. So he uh, he's walking up to his apartment uh, and basically just saying, OK, well, Civic Center, which is what the cops are, um, are going to form a, just a big old stomp circle and tread on Fred's brains. They're basically he knows that they're going to beat the crap out of it. But as he's walking up his stairs, we meet another wonderful character in this series and that is a cat that is sitting there the cat has two heads and one of them is smoking a cigarette <laughs> and uh spider looks at him and goes jesus look at the state of you you're one of those genetically engineered gecko eating cats i've heard about you're really fucking ugly to which the cat like hisses at him and springs but falls flat on his face because he's like almost dying of starvation so uh spider adopts the cat and takes him in and uh, washes him up, gives him some food and fresh cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> and so um, Spider sits down and starts watching TV to start, you know, uh, watching the news. But the TV keeps giving him morning talk shows 
which uh, he complains endlessly about. So I would. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so the phone rings. So he goes, what's that? What the phone? But the phone doesn't work. So he picks up the phone, which is in his toilet. He has put it in his toilet for some reason. Uh, I get it, though. I've, yeah. I've got enough calls in my life that I understand. Yeah. Uh, he answers the phone and it is uh, Royce, who's like, where's my fucking column? Uh, he's like, oh, Royce, nice of you to have the phone fixed. To which Royce says, I didn't fix anything. I have control of your line. I keep it cut off unless I want to talk to you. And then Spider's like, no, I need a phone. And he's like, you're dangerous with a phone. Remember what you did when you were left alone with a phone in Prague? Do you remember how many people died? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's the only reference to that ever, I bet. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Actually, no. Actually, no. (laughs) Uh, In this issue, yes. But yeah, yeah. No, they get into that. Uh, Spider does a lot of shit. Much later. Yeah. Um, but he, t- he basically tells Royce that um, he has a, he has an interview with Fred Christ that he's polishing now, to which Royce is like, everybody's had an interview with Fred Christ. Like, the dude is, is a media slut. Um, and he said, well, he's an old friend of mine, so we'll see what happens. Uh, so Royce starts basically yelling at him and being like, "Where? give me my fucking column. Like, now, to which... <laughs> The cat like walks in the room and Spider's like, oh, you look like you need to pee. And he just holds the receiver end <laughs> or the, the speaker end of the phone uh, to the cat and the cat pees on it. So Royce is like, what does that sound? Oh, God, what are you doing? <laughs> <And then laughs> As the phone is like sorting out. <laughs> right. Um, so Spider start, like picks up the cat. And is like, oh, good cat. You're a filthy, disgusting whore. That's a terrible thing to do. Keep up the good work. Um, so the TV, as he's walking back in, says, switching to our listener on the border of Angels 8, to which uh, the reporter says, all hell's broken loose here. Uh, there was a firebomb that went off uh, on the corner that uh, that Spider had been at recently. And it seems it seems to be that transients threw the firebomb at the police. So the police's response is, well, it's on now. Um so people are, there is a full-on riot going on in Angel 8. Spider starts running out of the apartment uh, back towards Angel 8 because he says, the cops have their excuse. There won't be a transient left alive by sundown. Uh, I'm going to go to Angel's 8, and I have no idea what I'm going to do when I get there. Uh, but the point is, I have to be there. Um, so he goes back to Angel's 8, to which he sees just uh, probably one of the scariest, like, most accurate depictions of a police riot squad uh they have like the helmets and the the visors and everything but all of their shields are red with uh white letters that just say submit now on them um and they are clamping like hitting their fist against their shields and moving forward into angels eight um spider as he gets closer he can't somehow he got his car again but as he gets (laughs) closer uh there's just too much going on um for him to keep driving so he has to park his car and um he's talking about how the truth about the riot at angels eight um obviously the cops staged um it would never have happened the transients were too confused and gutless to start a real confrontation money had to change hands and that's where the lawyers came in um so he runs into the riot uh and he decides that he absolutely needs a, a higher view of what's going on on the street. So he starts banging on the door to a strip club that has locked its doors. 
and um and there's a person basically being like yeah right i'm not letting you in and he's like but i'm pregnant please for the sake of my unborn child and they open the door and there's this gigantic woman standing there and goes you don't look pregnant to me and he goes i just missed my first period it's a shock to us all uh can i get upstairs (laughs) (laughs) to basically he says uh she says, why, why wouldn't I just throw you back in the street? He's like, you could do that and it'd work because you're bigger than me, but you'll lose an eye doing it. <laughs> Can I please just go to your roof? And uh, so they, they let him in and, and, or she lets him in and he walks through to where all of the strippers are. And um, he's like, no, I'm not a mad rioting bastard. I'm a different type of bastard. I'm only going to the roof. You know, don't worry about it. And one of them's like, what are you going to jump? And he's like, uh, no, I think I'm going to write a column. I'll know when I get there. Um, so he walks up the stairs and all of the strippers are like, well, we can stay here until the riot breaks in or we could go watch the fuckhead. So they're walking up. They're like, what are you going to do, fuckhead? You going to jump, fuckhead? <laughs> I want to see the fuckhead jump. So <laughs> he goes to the edge of the building where he has a really good view of what's going on in the street. And he pulls a laptop out of his bag. Um and he says, Jesus Christ, Fred, uh, <laughs> you did it this time. A penis with a promise. You fucked the entire transient population. <laughs> to which one of the, the strippers is like, well, this isn't Fred's fault. He's like, not directly. But he set it up and he made the transients look scary. And the civic center's like any other dumb animal. If you scare it, it'll die or it'll tear your face off. Um, so that's when he starts. Uh, he, he gets a hold of Royce in a... In a basically a live feed which didn't exist in the early 90s so good on you uh and rice is like where's my fucking column and uh spider's like you don't get to edit it you don't get to do anything with it i'm going to type it live and you just transmit it and uh rice is like okay (laughs) one of this and and one of the strippers is like don't screw around with the fuckhead trust the fuckhead and spider like starts laughing goes (laughs) yeah Trust the fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when Spider sits down and he starts writing his first column. And like I said, I'm going to read this word for word, but I'm going to let you know halfway through this, Royce sells it, and it's important. He sells um, the live column to a much larger news feed. So he sells the rights for the next two hours as long as they don't edit it and they just air whatever Spider's saying. And makes a shit ton of money in the in the job because it's Spider Jerusalem's first column live at a riot since he's come back to the town. So there's a jungle rhythm beating out below me. The sound of truncheons hammering on riot shields. Police tradition when the streets get nasty. I'm an angel's ape above what will doubtless be called the transient riot. History is only written by the winners after all. And if the cops want it to be called the transient riot, then that's how it'll be. Because there's going to be transient blood all over this place. And you know something? It's not their fault. The transients couldn't have managed this on their own. They're just big kids who thought it'd be fun to live inside an alien body. A sane society would have tagged them for the waterheads they are and bought them a big playground. But no one even checked to see if their silly claim for secession was feasible. Civic Center just decided to stamp on them instead. Uh, He adds a, a note. Royce, I'm attaching some photos I took in this file now. Run the regular humans through a who's who, even money their lawyers. They paid a few transients to start some trouble deliberately, marring a nonviolent demonstration. 
spontaneous violence, the only excuse Civic Center would have uh, would have to send in the riot cops. Those people are bleeding down there for a scam. It's a show of power. How dare anyone ignore the authority of Civic Center? How dare a bunch of freaks think and try and think for themselves? So let's go out and stomp on children, lunatics, and incompetence, because by damn, it makes our balls feel big. I see a blatantly unarmed transient man with half his face hanging off and three cops working him over anyway. One of them is groping his own erection. I'm sorry, is that too harsh an observation for you? Does that sound too much like the truth? If anyone, or fuck you, if anyone in this shithole city gave two tugs of a dead dog's cock about truth, this wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be seeing a transient woman with blood on her face huddled in a porn store doorway clutching her belly. I wouldn't be looking down at a dead boy, 13 if he's a day, draped over the hood of a police wagon. No one's eyes would be bleeding from incapacity sprays or the nerve bomblets the cops are launching down Cranberry. I wouldn't be surrounded up here by the people who have to live and work here weeping openly. Enjoying this? You like the way I described disgusting shit happening to people you probably walked past in the street last week? Good. You earned it with your silence. You see, here's how it works. Civic Center and the cops do whatever the fuck they like and you sit still. Your boss does what he likes. The asshole at the toll booth. The bouncer at your local bar, the security guy who frisks you at the clinic, the papers and feed sites that lie to you for the hell of it. They do what they like, and what do you do? You pay them. This riot here, this terrible shit stain or shit rain visited upon a bunch of naive, naive and uppity fetishists, fetishists. You paid for it. Lap it up. You must like it when people in authority they never earned lie to you. And that is the end of his column. Strong applause. Yeah. Um, and as he's typing, one of the strippers starts tapping him on the shoulder going, fuck it, fuck it. He's like, what? She says, the cops, they're leaving. And he's like, right. There's still heads unbroken and angels ate. So they're going to go home for milk and cookies. And he looks down and goes, Christ, you're right. They're pulling out. Fuck me. They're really going. Was it his story? And, uh, that's when the strippers holding up his computer goes, Hey, fuck it. Your typewriter wants to talk to you. And it's Royce. <laughs> Uh, he's like, Spider, Spider, I've got news for you. And Spider's like, hold on, Royce, the cops are leaving. And he goes, I know, I know, it's because of you. He's like, oh, right, I waved my goddamn magic wand and off they trotted. And that's when he tells him that he sold his column to SPKF, which is basically like the largest media conglomerate in the city. He said, your column's been scrolling down City Square's display. Um, and he said, no other reporter was in Angels 8. No other reporter... Like, he was the only one. And so uh, he basically saved people's lives, and he's famous again, to which Spider <laughs> starts freaking out. And he's like, I do not want to be famous again. This is bullshit. I do not want it. And then Royce is like, well, you're going to get, you know, we, we just made thousands upon thousands. I just made you thousands and thousands of dollars. And he's like, grandmother's corpse fucking ass tick infested monkey cum drinking Wait, how many thousands? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the rest of it is that basically the cops got called off because the uh, the lines were flooded with phone calls. Um, so Spider's walking home uh, and basically kind of breaking everything down that uh, by the end, Fred Christ was found huddled in a bar with a 13-year-old girl with no clothes on. So that's the end of him. Uh but while he's walking down the street, a police car pulls up. Uh, four guys get over and or get out, 
and they work him the fuck over with feet and it's not even nightsticks it looks like lead pipes um and spider's like on the ground bleeding and he stands up and he starts walking back to his apartment and he starts laughing and i mean it's multiple panels of like insane laughing with blood streaming down his face and like his eyes are starting to purple and puff and uh the last part of this issue and the last part of the angels eight saga is i'm here to stay shoot me and i'll spit your goddamn bullets back in your face i'm spider jerusalem and fuck all of you that's when he closes the door (laughs) so that's halfway through that's the first half uh and spider is famous again uh he has a much nicer apartment uh the cat is still with him um yep he's they're both still smoking uh in fact the next issue starts he is on a a very nice like patio outside uh on his laptop typing up the beginning of a uh of a column but he is completely naked uh and it says so i moved into this uh new apartment the other day it appears that i have become capital p popular I walk into the Word office with a new column and my editor gets a six-foot-tall erection with $10,000 balanced on the end, just for me. It's an expensive place, this, in a grove with a view of the Fourth Canal. On a good day, you can see the rusty old bicycles and dead dogs floating on its surface. My name's Spider Jerusalem, and there's nothing more. Uh, there's nothing I like more than dead dogs. <laughs> and he's interrupted by Royce basically asking where his fucking column is. To which Spider says, eat shit and die, Royce. It's not due for another 48 hours and you know it. (laughs) And so they kind of talk back and forth about, you know, how's the new apartment and everything. And uh, Royce says, hey, you didn't fill the back bedroom, did you? And he says, I don't know. There might be an eviscerated gecko in the bed that, that, you know, the cat got. But other than that, no, why? And Royce says, oh, well, your new assistant will need somewhere to sleep. And Spider's like, what? No, what did you just say to me? And Royce is like, no, now look, your column is hotter than a sinner's ass in hell. And basically, you need a babysitter. You need an assistant. And so you're going to get one. And uh, and that she should be turning up there anytime now. And so Spider's like, okay, great. Phone off. Walks over to his maper. Uh, or no, I'm, I'm sorry. Looks over and looks for the bowel disruptor that he bought yesterday, <laughs> which will be his gun of choice moving through the rest of this comic. Uh, he looks at the different settings and he says, now what setting watery loose. Oh no. Prolapse. <laughs> Jesus. To which uh, so <laughs> he gets, uh, he gets the door. It says, this is your door speaking. You have a caller. And he's like, settle me with a fucking assistant. Willie send some glassy eyed grad student to my phone. Willie, I'll show him. I'll show them all. And he opens the door and points the bowel disruptor. And there's a woman standing there who was one of the strippers at Angels 8. Uh, the person who uh, pointed out his, his uh, called him, fu- basically coined the term fuckhead. And he says, I know you. And she says her name is Chan and Yarrow. And yes, she was there at Angels 8. And uh, she says, yes, I strip three times a week. And the money puts me through journalism school. And, uh, and so Spider's like, oh. And she goes, uh, am I allowed to come in? and Or do I have to take a shot in the bowels first? He's like, you know what this is? And she's like, I built one in high school shop. <laughs> he very quickly turns around and is like, you're more than welcome. Come on in. Like, <laughs> you, you are one of the few people in, in life that I have enjoyed the company of. <laughs> um, so he says, there's a bedroom at the back of the place. That's yours. Uh, this is the cat. 
And, and Shannon goes, ugly bitch. Does she have a name? And he goes, nope. She smokes unfiltered black Russian cigarettes. Make sure we have at least a gross in the place at any time. I smoke carcinomas angels. Make sure we have five gross. Do you smoke? She's like, no. He's like, start. You'll find a bag of anti-cancer prescription in the bathroom if you don't already have the trade installed. All right, so here's what we're going to do. You uh, go down to the African food stall. I'm going to need two monkey burgers, roast potato skins, and a tub of matoke. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm your assistant. I am not your slave. And he says, you're right. Thought you wanted to be a journalist. She's like, I do. He's like, okay, you're going to go down. You're going to go get me everything I asked for. And when you get back, we're going to go through every single thing that you saw on your way there and your way back. And uh, and she's like, okay, I'll do it on one request. He says, shoot. <laughs> she says, be dressed when I get back, okay? I'm never going to be able to keep food down if I have to watch that while I'm eating. <laughs> yeah, he's been nude this entire time. This entire time. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so this is where Spider really starts taking Shannon under his under his wing and starts teaching her his version of of um of journalism, which is you know the only tools that you have are your eyes and in your head, basically, uh, to to process what's going on around you. Um, basically, and, and Shannon picks up on it right away. She goes, "Okay, it's treating life as an autopsy." And he's like, absolutely. Open the guts of the world and sniffing the entrails. That's what we do. Um, and so uh, he says you don't learn journalism, uh, you know, in, in you, you learn it by fucking writing it, like by doing. Um, there is nothing that a, that a journalism school can teach you. And he says you teach yourself to wire up your own brain and gut the reproductive organs into one frightening machine that you aim at the planet like a meat gun. And she says, meat gun? What do I get? An attack wound? He says, sure. Sure, why not? Uh, so basically they set up kind of the rules of the apartment. Shannon uh, mentions that she has a boyfriend that will be coming around. And he's like, okay, well, make sure you use a soundproofing can. I don't want to hear anyone having sex because I haven't had sex in like four years. Uh, and he's like, I'd probably blow a woman, uh, a hole in the woman the size of my fist. Uh, so they... Uh, they are basically they, the next few pages. I mean, aren't in, important to the story, but it does establish kind of their relationship. And the entire time, the TV is going in the background, flipping through channels like Spider always has. And the TV mentions that the president is in town. Uh, and Spider says, "Yeah, uh, I was there basically his entire first campaign." Uh, he said, "I was the one that gave him the nickname of the Beast." So everyone in the world refers to this man as the beast. Um, and there are so many parallels to Trump, even though this was written in 97, that it's disturbing. Yeah, the, um, the beast for, for visual reference uh, bears a strikingly uncanny resemblance to Reagan. Yeah, like a, um, like a much larger gorilla Reagan. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not... Certainly not an exact likeness, but it is very reminiscent of, of yeah, like a bigger, more bestial Reagan. Um. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Um, remember George the Animal Steel? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Imagine him with Ronald Reagan's face. Kind of what the beast looks like in an ill-fitting suit. Yeah. 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 I, I can see it. Yeah. So there are a couple important things that we find out with Spider and Shannon's walk to go and see the president's speech. Uh, one of them 
is that uh, the the Supreme Court allowed uh, uh, election campaign funds to also be personal funds. So if anyone uh, contributes to an election campaign, that automatically becomes the candidate's money. Oh, Trump would love that. Yeah, right? I was going to say, where have we heard this before? No. <laughs> um, this is also the first time that we hear about the president's opponent, who is called the Smiler. He's only mentioned as the Smiler. At, for, you know, in, in this issue, we do not meet him. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, all we know is that there is someone called the Smiler who is expected to beat the current president handily, easily. Um Let's see the, uh, oh, and the last piece of information is going to be very uh, important. Uh, The Secret Service um, is no longer paid for by the Department of the Treasury. Uh, The president pays privately for secret security coverage. And this president is notoriously cheap. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they they walk into the area the president's going to have his speech and Spider's like, okay, well, before uh, before we do all this, I got to take a piss. Uh, so I'm going to go to the bathroom. And there's two people standing outside the bathroom. And as he walks in, the one of the guys goes, can't let you in, man. Spider's like, why the hell not? Is it broken? The other one goes, can't let you in, man. Honest. And he's like, no, listen, I'm going into the bathroom. And the guy's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so as he goes in, uh, there is a man at the toilet uh, with a very weak stream bitching about goddamn cheap Australian whores, to which Spider stares at the man. The man stares back and goes Jerusalem. And Spider goes Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, I was just talking about you. Imagine meeting you here. I guess it's true about your relationship with the Secret Service, right? He goes, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this at all as he drops something. He says, this is just a soundproofing can. I want to make sure that we're, uh, we're left alone. And we have some privacy. Uh, I'm honored that you remembered my name, to which the, the president's like, oh, I remember your name, you fuck. I remember the things you wrote about me. You're the reason that everyone calls me the beast. Everyone, the press, the cabinet, my own children. <laughs> uh, and so uh, basically the president's like, I heard you quit the city because you lost your nerve. And Spider says, I quit the city because you were turning it and the entire country into a mirror image of yourself. And uh, he says, there is no real America, you living after birth. There's no real city. All there is is what you make it. And what you want to make it is a big fucking sword that oozes money like pus. And this is where the president's like, you know, you're you're a free, a wimp and a freak, basically calling him a lib. Uh, no one wants any compassion. It doesn't sell and you can't make a, mu- uh, a living off of it. Um, the city went to me in a landslide. You know why? Because all it wants is decent television, a bit of spare change for booze, and blowjobs every Saturday night. Again, I really want to point out, this was written in, in 1997. This could have been written 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so this is when Spider says, I've got your vote for hate, and I've got a column. And I'm not going to rest until your raped, burned, castrated, and dog shit stuffed corpse is strung up in the middle of the century square for the necrophile boys to play with. I must leave, but now before I go, and he shoves the president into a stall and onto a, a toilet, he says, I have something to show you. This is a bowel disruptor. It has no signature. You can't detect its usage on a body. It has several settings, 
see the dial loose watery prolapse and then he start, he walks out of the bathroom looks at the two secret service guards and goes there's a man in there who's having some trouble i think i know you're not uh security for the venue or anything but and then he grabs shannon and he goes we have to leave now <laughs> what what about the address is is your ass giving you trouble is something going on and from off panel someone yells help the president shat himself <laughs> so shannon goes we have to leave now <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no 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 secret service except for that one uh one no, guy two yeah but neither yeah, of them are two- really doing anything about it yeah, they, they 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 appear to be like two indifferent teens, basically. Not really teens, but you know what I mean. Like, right. Yeah. Um. So the last part of this is Spider walking with Shannon, basically explaining that that right there is the duty of a journalist, whether with a pen, uh, he says, whether with a meat gun, she says, or with an attack womb, or an illegal bowel disruptor. <laughs> <laughs> so now we come to. My absolute favorite uh, issue in this entire comic. Yes. Uh, and it starts with, a co- with the beginning of a column. And it says, so my assistant says to me, you learn about a culture from its television. My boyfriend went to St. Petersburg and did nothing but watch TV in our room and hump the whole time. She likes to add these little details just to annoy me. She knows I haven't had sex since dinosaurs roamed the earth. Anyway, today I'm going to perform a great service for you, my faithful readers. I am going to watch city television all day in order to bring back shining insights about our lives. My name is Spider Jerusalem, and I may be gone for a while. The title of this uh, issue is What Spider Watches on TV. Now, I will reiterate, um, the background art of this comic is so, so important. Yeah. Uh, but if you like what you're hearing, definitely pick it up. Uh Whereas normally I said only about a quarter of it is the spoken word in this issue specifically, only about 10% of it is what is spoken. <laughs> there is so much going on in the background of this comic, but... Because uh, he's literally watching TV. Yes, but TV in this is, it, it is a screen on the wall, but it's also like holograms coming out of the screen. So you are basically surrounded IMAX style with images. Okay. And so there's a ton of stuff going on in the background, you know. Uh, so I'll do I'll do my best, but I'm not going to get everything. So Shannon walks up and goes, you lazy bastard, you're just going to slump there in front of the TV all day? And he goes, in the interest of truth, Shannon, yes, I am. And, he, and so she's like, okay, well, uh, I'm leaving. I'm going to go out with my boyfriend, uh, and I'm going to leave you, you here to watch TV. And he says, great, uh, I can get more than 2,000 channels through this. And that is only the basic package. Uh, you don't know how TV works in the minds of people in the city. I don't know. And we can't know until we've immersed itself the way that other people do. And this is when Spider lands on a channel where he's like, oh, it's Anthrax Cat. I used to watch this as a kid. It is literally <laughs> a cat eviscerating mice. Like there is no anything but blood and mouse parts and a, and a large white cat on the screen. Um, so... Shannon's boyfriend shows up and uh, and says, "Hello, Mr. Jerusalem. How's this go? How's it going?" And he's like, "Silence! I am watching television." And uh, and the boyfriend is like, "He still frightens me." Uh, to which um, Shannon's uh, like, "Don't worry about it. It's fine. He's just watching TV." And the boyfriend's like, "He is insane." And so uh, 
<laughs> Spider's like, cat, kill the assistant's boyfriend. And she's like, no. And he runs out of the apartment. And Shannon's like, thanks very much, dickhead. You know he's been a, a, afraid of the cat since so she tried to have sex with him. <laughs> so and This is the same cat that he's picked up. Yes. Two-headed like, yeah. red smoking cat. Yes. Okay. Um, this is also, uh, uh, so he said, the boy's weird, Shannon. You should sell him in or sell him for salvage or something. And she says, yeah, right. Take adv- uh, advice on relationships from a man whose ex-wife won't come out of cryogenic freeze until he's dead. He's like, <laughs> who told you that? She said, you did. Silence. I'm watching television. <laughs> so anyway, she's leaving and will not be there. He will be completely alone, except with the cat, while he's watching television for a straight day. And he says, at the end of this, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to need TV food. Bring me a bucket of caribou eyes from the uh, Eskimo place on the corner. <laughs> so he's watching. Uh, so he's watching Anthrax Cat, which again is now it is a cat. Now you see it better. It is a cat with a dollar sign on its forehead, uh, chasing cartoon mice and eviscerating them. And then it goes oh, this to- is a cartoon. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, a children's cartoon. Oh. And then it goes Sweet. to a commercial where there are people on the west side of the, the uh, Galley River yelling, go on, go for it. We believe. And then it shows water and then it shows sneakers walking on the water and it says, Air Jesus, sport shoe. <laughs> <laughs> to which- they have big red crosses on them that have the INRI on it. Like it's, yes. uh, it's something. What? One of the things I, I do so far really like about this comic is the way it makes just fun of religion and and politics. I mean, Wait it's till just next issue, my friend. Wait no. till next <laughs> issue. <laughs> so Spider is uh, calls uh, the number and it's like Triot Sportswear. My name's Rebecca. How may I help you? And Spider says, I've just been subjugated to a blood stoppingly inane TV ad for a shoe called Air Jesus. So I just want to know what does the damn thing do? And she says, it lets you walk on water, sir, or on the walls, or on air if you feel like it. It's the first all-terrain sports shoe, maximally effective on, and he's like, where can I buy a pair? Right now, if you hold a second-tier credit card or better, we can have them curried out to you in five minutes. To which Spider says, I am so incredibly bored that I will buy a pair of your ridiculous shoes. Look grateful. (laughs) So um, he's then watching a version of Cops, where they're chasing a man down a hall down an alleyway tackle him down and then says okay okay pull out his pants pull out his goddamn pants and get the needle and that's when you see like a camera with sperm and it says there i told you criminal sperm you're all under arrest unreal uh and then there's just a bunch of different you don't even see what's on the tv you just see the the uh word balloons but spider is in his chair and he just as it goes on he just slumps further and further down until he's like there's just couch you can't even (laughs) so it's things like you're watching the trailer channel uh strangely i want to take off all my clothes oh no i'm sorry yeah strangely i want to take off all my clothes and have sex with you what's in that jar around your neck jfk's magic penis on the period drama channel uh tracheotomy friends at six on the m feed i watch you ronald I want you with me forever. I want you to be the mother of my children. I know you do, Howard. But these feelings, these terrible feelings, I love them. But they're wrong. Forbidden love in Republican Party reservation compounds. (laughs) If only, man. (laughs) 
Yeah, basically you're, you're just, yeah. Uh, so we were in a shuttle doing a trawl of the exo-atmosphere rain, scooping up the orbiting garbage. We scooped this shit up, this frozen ashy shit, did an analysis on it, and it was Timothy Leary. And God help us, we smoked him. More <laughs> on con- more confessions on anything for drugs right after these messages. <laughs> so basically he slumps further and further while all this is playing and finally he says, this is your door speaking. You have a caller. Speak. Okay, so again, it's the art in this, but you still only see couch until eventually you see Spider's head coming from the top of the panel instead of the bottom because he has gotten his Air Jesus sneakers <laughs> delivered. And is now walking no, on that's the That's funny. <laughs> Yes, yes, but what I'm getting at, Lorraine, is that he's an ugly bastard, isn't he? Yes, Micah, and that's why he won. We want an ugly American as president. Perhaps I'm talking to <laughs> perhaps I'm talking today with the distinguished political lecturer Lorraine Crow. So anyway, now he's on a he's on a daytime like political talk show, and this person's talking about uh, uh, the president's campaign and the election. And this is when Spider perks up and goes, "Oh yes," because it's mm-hmm. a call-in show. So uh, the host is like, okay, we have another caller. Spider from uh, Poopin' Grove. Do you have a question for Lorraine? Yeah, isn't it true she's been on the president's rolling re-election squad for eight years now? But she says, no, I'm insulted. I don't know what to say. I'm an independent political analyst. My non-biased pledge is logged. And uh, and he says, yeah, as is the analysis ethics committee's ruling against you six years ago that barred you from doing anything but teaching. And if anyone's interested, there's a picture of you giving the vice president a hand job. <laughs> and she and the lady goes, this is spider Jerusalem, isn't it? <laughs> and he, he starts <laughs> laughing, goes, computer, hang up, television, find me more call in shows. <laughs> and this is where over the next few panels, it's just him yelling at different call in talk shows. Um, yeah. Uh, and it ends with um, him yelling. The fact is, Della, you can't cook for shit. The correct uh, Aterin proportions are one part blood to one part milk. What you're making is a children's fucking milkshake. You people don't know what the truth is. It's there. It's just under there. Bullshit. But you never look. It's what I hate most about this fucking city. Lies are news and truth is obsolete. Um, God, so prescient. I'm so, yeah. I can't. <laughs> to which he gets a call. And he's like, oh, whatever, accept the call. To which somebody says, hello, spider. And Spider says, oh, no, it's the whore hopper. He says, I see you've got your uh, time on your hands. I heard the word gave you an assignment. So I can expect those books you owe me soon, right? Uh, you should watch the Amfeed News more. Be seeing you, Spider. Click. And he says, and Spider changed it to Amfeed News, to which there is a story about how he has been calling and terrorizing talk shows all day. And that the <laughs> CPD are still trying to talk TV cook Della Kent off the roof of the building to keep her from killing herself. Um, so Spider kind of puts his head in his hands uh, and is dejected and says, change channel, keep changing the channel. Oh my God, I have become television. <laughs> so Spider is basically like on his knees with his head in his arms on the floor. Oh, uh, wait, hang on one second. Go ahead. There's an important detail from the from the previous story that's that's in there. Uh, where it does explain what happened in Prague uh, the last time Spider had a phone, which yes. was uh, he basically uh, induced the suicide of several Prague politicians by phone. 
using only a phone, he convinced a bunch of politicians to kill themselves. Kind of like what he's doing now with a whole bunch of call-in reporters. Yes. Basically, yep. it's when Spider gets out of control, this is a pattern. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, he's on the floor when Shannon comes home. Uh, the cat has peed on him. Uh, it's still changing channels randomly every, like, 20 seconds. And Shannon walks in and sees him just broken and goes, I knew it. No human can watch that much television. And to which Spider says, they got me, Shannon. I became the news. And <laughs> Shannon says, I know. They put an Amfeed screen up in Danbury Park, and that's where my boyfriend and I went to get pizza. Uh, I thought it might have thrown you a bit. Uh, I remember when, when your editor put you on the feeds back during the Angel 8 thing and how it affected you. Um, so, again, he just repeats, they turned me into television, Shannon. And she says, I know. And she hands him like a KFC bucket. And goes, eat your caribou eyes, spider. To which he opens the bucket and it's like, you can see like red, uh, I don't know, like bubbles almost with a bunch of eyes floating in it. And yeah. he just sticks his face first into this bucket and starts eating caribou eyes. <laughs> um, so as, as they're talking, it's still clicking channels. This is where we see our first sex puppets episode, uh, mm -hmm. which is literally naked puppets and naked women. Uh, boobies dangling, just like, yeah, uh, kind of Sesame Street esque with porn. Uh, because then, the internet, yeah, uh, -huh. uh, and then it goes standby for block consumer incentive bursting in five, four, three. To which Chana goes, Oh my god, spider, cover your eyes. And spider looks up from his bucket and goes, What? And there's a bright flash with almost like uh, mandala type. Uh, design um, that just brightly flashes at him. And uh, Chan's like, Spider, are you okay? And Spider's taking off his glasses, kind of rubbing his eyes. He's like, no. It's like spots in my eyes. What the hell was that? And uh, Chan goes, oh no, you don't know what block consumer incentive bursting is? Does the word buy bombs mean anything to you? And he goes, no. I'm tired. Oh my goodness. I, walk, okay. I watch TV all day. I just need to go to sleep. She's like, the last thing you want to do is sleep. Have some coffee. Have some jumpstart. And he goes, I quit jumpstart. Listen, I've had a hard day's television, and I just want to sleep the sleep of the just. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to sleep. And if Royce calls looking for us, fucking call him. Tell him uh, I, I'm winding down after dangerous research, and I'll, I'll, I'll get back to him. So then you see Spider in bed, uh, and over his head starts, like, commercials. Like, a bunch of commercials. Uh... One is for a Gotti maker that's like, buy a Gotti maker today or we will ensure that you sleep with the fishes and I will personally sleep with your wife. Uh, <laughs> and Spider wakes up after all these commercials and is like, what the hell? I'm dreaming television ad uh, advertisements. Shannon! To which Shannon yells, buy bombs load your brain with, brain with compressed ads that unreal into your dreams. <laughs> to which yeah. Spider's like, for fuck's sakes, bring me some drugs. <laughs> And that is the end of Spider Watches Television. <laughs> um, the last issue that we will do for this uh, for this graphic novel uh, opens with Spider dressed like Jesus. He has like white robes on, and he has a halo that he has fashioned out of tin foil that he's wearing. <laughs> and it's the beginning of his column, which reads: "So the zealot comes to my door, all glazed eyes and clean reproductive organs, asking if I ever think about God. 
So I tell him I killed God. I tracked God down like a rabid dog, hacked off his legs with a hedge trimmer, raped him with a corn cob, and boiled off his corpse in an acid bath. Jesus. So he yeah. throws an alternating current taser on me and tells me that only the official Serbian Church of Tesla can save my uh, polyphase intrinsic electric field known to non-engineers as the soul. So I hit him. What would you do? And this is uh, this is also where you see that he is wearing his Air Jesus with the rest of this outfit. And he starts banging on Shannon's door. And he basically says, roused woman, there is work to be done. And he says, professional obligations, journalism. And uh, and she's like, what time is it? And he's like, 5.30. She's like, at night? In the morning. Oh, I've been in bed for an hour, you unbelievable bastard. Why are you dressed like, he's like, ah, am I not lovely? And so basically she's like, you've been taking Jumpstart again. Uh, and he's like, yes, but the IRS has now ruled that I can write my professional medication off in journalist's equipment. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so this is where you find out that he has not slept in three days um he has been on a, a drug bender um and he can write his drugs off on his taxes yes uh let's see uh yes this is where we find out that there is a religious hall like basically uh oh what do you call it uh like a convention for religions is happening where people go to be inducted or or uh preached to um so he goes to the community center. Um, Shannon's like, you could have gotten dressed. He's like, I am dressed. He's still dressed as, as Jesus uh, with his air <laughs> Jesus on and his tinfoil halo. Um, and isn't there like a new religion like every six hours? Every six hours. Yes. Okay. So we're going to see some of those religions in this issue. Um, so he talks about how it is his duty as a journalist uh, to go to this because there are messianic fuckheads that are a superstitious and cowardly lot, and I must strike fear into their hearts. Um, he jumps up, on the way, he jumps up on a car and basically just starts preaching at everyone against religion. <laughs> um, yeah, he's all fucked up on, on drugs, and Shannon is like, we really should just go home, you should sleep it off. We're, we, and, he, and he's like, nope, uh, this is going to be my next column. I'm going to write about religion. Um, they get into a little bit of a fight about her boyfriend because her she talks about how um, her boyfriend's religion, he's a Gaian bias Buddhist, and he's doing fine. And basically, Spider is like, okay, well, first of all, Gaian, based, uh, Gaian bias is a West Side sex tailored for people who want to feel environmentally sound about filling their bodies with non-biodegradable machinery. Two, Gaian bias teaches us that... Uh, that all is once you can fuck anyone you like and technically remain faithful to, let's say your girlfriend <laughs> and three, your boyfriend doesn't love you and will vanish out of your life. The very second he gets bored and Shannon's like, I'm not fucking stupid. Um, fuck you. Let's just fucking go. And uh, so spiders like, okay, uh, you know what? I crossed the line. I'm full of medication. I'm I, I overstepped. Um, and she's like, you know, I thought this job would be fun, but when I'm not nurse uh, mating you or getting arrested, uh, then I'm just getting insulted by you, Spider. And I know he doesn't love me. I'm not stupid. Um, but you didn't just have to come out and say it. Um, and this is actually the first time that we kind of see a moment of like humanity from Spider. Like he's like, Christ, I'm I'm really sorry. 
uh, you know, I overstepped and he kind of steps back a little bit, you know, and, and Shannon kind of has a, a moment where she's like, I know, I know, I know what my relationship is. I know, you know, cause I am like head over heels for this guy. And even when he's balls deep in me and I love him and he looks down at me, it's like, he's looking in an empty house. Uh, but you don't just say it out loud. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm an asshole. I, I know I'm an asshole. I'm really, really fucking sorry. But you know what you need right now? You need to go down to the temple of the superior male on 365th Street and Gonad. Crack open one of those sacred Iron John drums of theirs and take a dump in it the size of a birthday cake. <laughs> okay, three, three questions. Three questions. <laughs> One, I'll try my best. <laughs> is uh, is Spider attracted to her? Is there like chemistry there? Are they is uh is the writer or are they trying to make it look like there's something there between them? Not really. I Not mean, really? like yeah, like it's it's hard to explain. I think it's it, I think we as readers kind of expect that there's going to be romantic chemistry there, but not really. Okay, I think only because we're conditioned to. Um, You know, in in a normal book, something like this would obviously be she's going to unlock the the secret heart that we never knew that Spider had. Uh, Shit don't happen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But he is taking her on as a mentee, which is, you know, something that the only the first compassion that we even really see is only with with Shannon. Um, she's yeah. the only person that he shows any sort of compassion to in this entire first book. Um, okay. Right. And, and I would even, I would even venture to say like emotional intimacy, like yeah. not sexual intimacy, but emotional intimacy. Uh, and, and, uh, kind of lets his, his, uh, guard down or his, lets his walls down a little bit around her. Right. Okay. That was the second question is, is if not a romantic interest, is there going to be like a, just a deepening friendship, which or in not that mentor mentee type thing, or basically just a, right. You're like, I respect you type, you know? Yeah. Kind of all of the above as it progresses yeah. really. And then yeah. finally, does she really say balls deep in me? Yes. <laughs> yes okay. 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 <laughs> I have, I have, in fact, she even gets more graphic. I have uh, balls deep was the worst part of that. I say of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and in fact, a lot of this is a lot of stuff that I'm like, okay, well, this this gives you an idea of what they're saying, but Jesus Christ is a filthy fucking comic. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. And then she's like, okay, well, thank you. I, I do feel good, but uh, I'm just going to settle for getting out of here. And he's like, okay, well, how about if I shit all over a place of worship and you just stay and look out for me? And she's like, okay, whatever, deal. So the next panel is him walking out of a church going, better. And she goes, any special reason you chose the church of Tesla? And he goes, that is a special secret between me and Nicola. <laughs> so uh, they finally get to going to this, this religious convention. Um, again, this comic, quick question for yeah. Josh. Did this qu- comic influence you to create the church of Tesla in um, that no. LARP? No, no? it did okay. not. No, just coincidence yeah it is it is a coincidence probably was ingrained in the back of my mind um okay but we're seeing like a bunch of different things in this convention like you know little cards and stuff uh we were grown by alien love gardeners thor needs virgins 
fuck the holy gut wound of St. Mark. Uh, uh-huh. The truth is encoded in the nanny reruns. Uh, yeah, there's just a bunch of different religions. Um, you know, and, and it's a bunch of like what you would expect, like just a bunch of people talking out of their asses about this or that. Um, can you talk about your religious convictions? Well, there's Zen in my thinking and elements of ancient Carsist approaches and very old heretical Christian thought. And many of you will have heard of my book available in print and at Amfeed Exchange, in which I detail the first weeks of my dealing with the alien gardeners. And that's when Spider walks up still in his outfit uh, and is like, now I have a question about that. Stop me when I lose the plot here. This here uh, to four unknown alien species has crossed entire galaxies to get to the city, to abduct you on a regular basis, more regular than train timetables, correct? The guy's like, yes. He goes, okay, what I don't follow is the actual truth that you attach to these events. You claim that they're continual thieving of you, they're probing of your ass, uh, fractionalizing of your brain, and steam cleaning of your testicles is, is an attempt to make contact. The guy's like, yes. He goes, well, you see, it indicates a few other things to me. I mean... Either you have the most beautiful asshole in the cosmos, or there is no intelligent life in the universe. (laughs) I mean, why develop intergalactic travel just to stick a prong up your rectum? Are there other, there are other ways of making contact, are there, aren't there? Or you made it all up in a sterling effort to gouge the bank accounts of the terminally gullible. Oops, the glue under your scar rotted there as he pulls like the scar that this guy has from his like lobotomy off. And, and Spider goes, well, my work here is done. Next. So <laughs> much like he did with the TV, he goes from religious booth to religious booth, uh, terrorizing these people. Uh, let's see. Because oh. he's doing what he did with the um, the call-in shows from the previous episode and yes. with the politicians. Yep. 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 So, okay. Uh, so there's a kid walking by and this guy walks up and goes, hello, I represent the Church of Release. We practice sacred trepanation. And he goes, what? He goes, oh, Christ, uh, a bright one. Listen, I'll crack a big fucking hole in your head with a giant great ice pick and you'll feel better afterwards. And the kid's like, really? He goes, really? See, your skull is too dense for these terrible ideas to evaporate out. You need the hole. What this is, see, is a uh, conceptual ventilation. And God reaches into you through the hole, see? To which Spider shows up and is like, bullshit. The guy goes, you calling this bullshit? Are you calling my faith bullshit? Spider says, yeah, (laughs) I'm calling your faith bullshit. This man needs medical help if he can't get through his life without something invisible to believe in. You know, I wouldn't mind all this half so much if there was some historical truth for it. This is when he starts running through this entire convention like uh a lot like Jesus with the uh, the money lenders in the temple, uh, <laughs> pulling down banners, uh, kicking over tables, beating up like people, and uh, he basically like pisses this guy off until the guy takes a swing. So he beats him up, pulls his his uh, hairpiece off. The guy is bleeding on the ground. Spider pulls up his robe to basically show this dude his dick and starts yelling, read my scripture, read my fucking scripture. (laughs) (laughs) And then he basically turns on everyone else and says, "Uh, you're all in for it now, you bunch of cheap scan artists, all of you. 
thieves, the goddamn lot of you, thieves and leeches, fucking vampires sucking the will from people whose only goddamn crime were to be frightened and tired. And you don't help them. You don't listen to them. They don't get truth from you. All you do is scare them with stories of something that doesn't exist. And you bastards are winning. Hundreds more of you every day. Getting away with it in a place so noisy that no one could hear the truth if it were ever told. And I can't fight you alone, you fucks. Couldn't when I was a kid and dad went cultist. And I can't now. All I can do is tell you the truth. And that is the last of the graphic novel, the first graphic novel back on the street. Yeah. So any questions? <laughs> I like it. I'm definitely going to um, read it. I'm sure Allison has has all the trades. So fantastic. I, yeah. I am definitely I definitely I, I you know, I got to see some of the panels, you know, because you're talking about and I, and I can imagine it's a lot like um, the panels from. Uh, oh, what's there's a I think it's oh, I don't know. But there's other comics that are like that. There's a science fiction one. I'm, it's just like on the tip of my tongue that I've seen that you you look at the back of the, in the background and there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Saga does yeah. that. Yeah. Saga. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, this, I love Derek Robertson. I, I have met the man on multiple occasions. He does probably my absolute favorite solo run of Nightcrawler from the X-Men, um, which really gets into his like religion and... Derek Robertson is a fantastic author. Um, Warren Ellis is insane. Um, which again, going back to the beginning of the show, when we talked about Warren Ellis as a problematic figure, he's always been a problematic figure. Like, so, so I'm just yeah, um, he, he always he always struck me and like in like and and I could be way off base here, but like he always definitely struck me as like pretty much Spider Jerusalem is the closest thing we're going to get to actually interacting with Warren Ellis in person. You're not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> uh so jason do you feel like you've uh you've understood this comic oh not at all <laughs> i get i get some glimpses of it um but yeah this this uh, most of the time i'm just like i'm listening to it because it's just it, it sounds so captivating and and yeah it's just i want you could definitely see other aspects like you know when you were talking about um uh spider watches tv I can't help but think of the Rick and Morty episodes where uh, cable yes, TV. Very much um, so. I would not be surprised if there was a lot of of inspiration from this. Right. Um, uh, and I remember, like, there's a Twitch, a guy on Twitch. Um, let's see. I forget his name. I think it's uh, Cthulhu, uh, who looks like, like Spider Jerusalem. He says he's done it as cosplays before. And he does a lot of horror games and 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 stuff like. Well, obviously with the Twitch name like Cthulhu, right? I'm sure he would. <laughs> but uh, he he looks and that's and Al and I was watching him one day and Allison walks into the room and and I was like, who's the who's the Spider Jerusalem lookalike? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and you know, I'm like, I because I didn't know what she was talking about. This was before mm-hmm. before um, I uh, knew anything about it, and she was like, okay. Let me sit down because we're gonna have to have a talk. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I, I have a friend. Uh, I have a friend named Drew who uh, um, yes. looks uncannily like Spider Jerusalem and has done the cosplay before. And it is, it is eerie, dude. It is, it is. Uh, the first time I saw him, somebody had like he posed for a picture in this cosplay, and I was like, like jaw on floor. Yeah, it, it was. It was. 
perfect. It was so good. So like, yeah. kudos. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I went from single issues to graphic novels, I mean, I had a lot of single issues and I sold off most of them, but one of the only ones that I kept was my short box that has all 60 issues of Transmetropolitan. Um, I break it out at least once a year and read it. Um, the, the overlying plot, uh, the first graphic novel doesn't get into it, but he gets very involved in the presidential election and the, the government of this day. Um, and it's, it's a lot, uh, especially in, in the era of Trumpism. Uh, yeah. There is a lot here that you're like, oh, oh, that's too close. That's way too close to home. So, uh, but yeah, I was reading this as it was coming out. And, and I, I will say it, you know, I was reading, so I was reading it in my late teens, early 20s, and it very much shaped my worldview, uh, my cynical, my very cynical worldview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just uh, pulled it up on comiXology. So yeah, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely awesome. going to pursue it. Well, follow yeah. up with me because I'd love to hear what you think of it. Definitely. Uh, you know, especially how much the art uh, influences it. Definitely. Yeah. I always tell people that this series is a hundred percent worth their time. Yeah. Um, even regardless of like their, their familiarity with like comics or graphic novels, regardless of their interests in, in stories and things like that. I'm like across the board. I think that um, this has been, it, it has been and has remained relevant for, you know, like I said, over, over 20 years, almost 25 years at this point. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked by how well it stands up. Like some of this yeah. stuff, especially like the futurism and stuff like that. Um, clearly it, it ends up being a product of its time, right. You know, it always seems dated or it talks about things that like are obsolete, you know, and, and, and this one actually meshes really well with even just the current technology, current terminology, current political events, current everything. Like it's, right. it's wild how, how well it's stood up. Like I, I hate that it stood up that well, but it's, <laughs> well, it's great the, that it did. <laughs> the conception of how the internet would change society is pretty dead on. Um, yeah. Essentially when spider talks about how he has 2000 channels, he's talking about streaming. Um, oh Yeah you know, and uh, advertisements being everywhere and constantly having to come up with new innovative ways to advertise to people and the idea of placating the masses by just giving them, you know, some booze and a blowjob uh, and ensuring yeah. that they have those things and they very rarely will pay attention unless you stick it in their face. You know, uh, media basically splintering, all of this stuff is is... You know, it was happening in the late 90s, but it wasn't as prolific as it is now. Um, so, yeah, there were definitely periods. I Like I said, I read this every uh, at least once a year. And but there have been times where it was capital R rough uh, yeah. to get through yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and there are times that I talk about how we experience the beast, but we have yet to see the smiler. Um, oh, God. Yep. You know, and and. Future issues obviously get into that and who the smiler is and why that's worse than the beast. And it's God, it's so good. It's it, it is <laughs> definitely one of my favorites. And there was a time in the late nineties when this was coming out that Patrick Stewart was running around Hollywood, trying to have it optioned either as, um, as a, as a live action thing or like HBO was doing spawn. 
um, as a as a cartoon, like an adult cartoon on HBO, and he wanted to voice Spider. Um, wow. Yeah, which I mean, awesome, but hasn't happened. I now that I'm seeing things like you know, Hit Monkey just dropped, and there's a lot more adult themed comic book adult based anime. cartoons. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Transmet get options sometime in the next couple of years. Um, I would, I mean, I would be a little shocked in as much as um, I feel like, and, <clears throat> and I could be unique in this, but I feel like it's almost, I feel like Transmetropolitan is almost too on the nose for any mm. large media company to pick up and run. If that makes any sense at all. It like, does. It's, it's but it would very, mean, it would mean dollar signs. I think the dollar signs yeah. would, would outweigh ethics at that point, you know, <laughs> or beliefs at that point. So yeah, it's just it would be it would be deeply ironic if it did end yeah. up becoming adapted for television. <laughs> yeah. right. I agree. I totally agree, but I don't believe it is outside of the realm of possibility by any means. Oh yeah, no, nothing's impossible for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on once again and uh, and experiencing this. I, I look forward to hearing your your further adventures Definitely. with Spider. Uh, Definitely. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Oh, yeah. Been great. Good. Good. Um, Excellent. Everyone, please. Oh, uh, Jen, any any thoughts? Uh, when no. did you first experience Transmet? Um, when we met. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, yeah, so I think that everything you said is spot on you know it is scarily accurate um especially coming from warren ellis right <laughs> right <laughs> it's kind of frightening um but as a as a fan of hunter thompson i appreciate that level of gonzo journalism portrayed through spider jerusalem right i mean like there there have been people um just in conversation that we talk, we get under the subject and it's not even about transmit, it's about Hunter S. Thompson. And people say gonzo journalism like that just couldn't exist today. And I'm like, oh, it can. Yeah. <laughs> like, allow me to show you how it can exist even further into the future when things get even more fucked up. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, we just have yet to have experienced a person that does it as, you know, right. as well. Right. So, Leia, when did you first experience transmit? So like any, uh, like any good friend, uh, would do, um, this has happened to me several times over the course of my life, uh, with people that don't know each other. So I don't know if it's just something about me or what, but a friend of mine just handed me the first, um, trade, uh, like uh, completely apropos of nothing. It was like, read this. And that was in uh, like 1999, I want to say, um, might have been like a little bit later, like 2000 or so. Um, and actually, I still have that trade. They give it to me to keep. And the very first trades of Transmet when they came out, mine is actually only uh, covering half of what we just went through today was the for the original trades. Nice. So, okay. So the larger. Yeah. Yeah. I had to borrow. Um, I had to borrow Adam's uh, actual like later made trade so that I could get both stories because <laughs> otherwise I would have only read uh, one half of what we were presenting today or reread. Gotcha. I should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, I was probably like, yeah, I was probably 20, 21 years old, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, I fell, I, I immediately fell in love with it. And then I kind of, I read, I read through it all. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it for several years. And I went back in 2013 when I got a library card again for the first time in my adult life. 
And it was one of the first things I checked out for a reread. And even in 2013, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was before a lot of what's happened has happened. And I, like, <clears throat> I quit, had no way of seeing the future. But I was like, oh, no, I'm in this future. But I had no idea how in the, how in the transmetropolitan future we were going to go. <laughs> right. We're getting closer and closer and closer. Soon right. there will be reservations where you can have your memory erased and experience a time period of your choosing. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, does sound nice, actually. Oh, uh, yeah, right? Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please tune in in two weeks when we will be doing Arkham Asylum. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the version I loaded, by the way, for you, Lay, is the 25th anniversary edition so i know we may have different editions i'm actually kind of curious if there are any differences yeah uh, yeah yeah i am too because i haven't read the 25th i have the one that i bought back in again like in the late 90s um, right. or, or so so um and have never i mean it, it's so old i think that if i when i open it again to do my reread i feel like some of the pages are just going to fall out like <laughs> it's well i it's hope the, that does not happen <laughs> but yeah we'll see but i'm really stoked about uh our asylum and i hope everybody else is too we've got a great guest coming up which i'm i'm very happy to have and we have uh it's one of my favorite uh one of my favorite dc titles which is weird because i do i build myself as a marvel person and here i am with all this dc stuff on this podcast so right uh, it's not representative of who i am as a person i assure you <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will uh, we will tackle that in two weeks. And until then, take it away, Vandello. A little wreck conversation, some deep reactions, please. All this comics narration ain't me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little five babies of what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Vendello 2021.